it's uh, setting up the service now. If if we're live and call it's- Robbie at tech support, huh? He might he might throw a few things. He might like be a bit frustrated, <laughs> but he'll get there. That should be your tagline if you ever go out on your own and do a bit of tech support. I might be frustrated, but I'll get there. Yeah, just don't be around me. You know when I'm doing stuff because uh, things might get thrown and I might spit the dummy. I do get frustrated sometimes because it's a. Uh, this platform and i was saying before you guys have sat there patiently (laughs) which is which is very nice and very kind of you boys to be sitting there while we stuff around on the technical stuff but thanks so much for jumping on uh the 100 live stream today what's going on how are we yeah mate really really good fantastic yeah mate happy to be here um personally my first podcast so um, we'll see how I go. Um, I think it's Trent's first podcast as well. Yeah, what we've done a lot of is more so, you know, speaking at like for industry events sort of groups and that sort of stuff as well, like webinars and that sort of thing, which is a different sort of format. So that's just you going through a bunch of slides, speaking by yourself and then doing Q&A at the end. But this is a different, yeah, it's a different sort of format, but looking forward to it. That's it. Well, you know what? I couldn't believe it when we caught up or saw each other for the first time. I think it was maybe a month ago at the real launch party. And, uh, I had no idea who the fuck you were, to be honest, because I was like, I never, you had the big beard. And I was like, I was looking at you and you were looking at me and we're like, who's this? And then it was like, Trent, we're like, no way, bro. Because in your LinkedIn, you had the little mustache. I was like, <laughs> I know. It didn't look like, like, I wasn't expecting that, you know. And then I'll lock you slide in with a slick back kickback. It was just a, a good time all around, wasn't it? A couple it? of handsome lads, you know. Oh, no. Dressed to the nines too. You were just looking sharp, bro. You had the, they had the shirt tucked in. <laughs> you were looking sexy, mate. Don't worry about that. Straight back at you boys. It was a good night. All right. Well, we're going to wait a couple of minutes and uh, let a few people wake up early. I know we're a few minutes later to start because we had some technical difficulties. But how are you feeling now? I'm I'm more, a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> I was raging inside. I felt like I had steam coming out of my ears. But before we get into it, big thanks to MYOB who are back in the 100% live stream and Dream Big Social Club, Funny Business, all the things. Uh, if you haven't checked out what they're doing, they're a business management platform. And I feel like this episode um, for us <coughs> yeah, yeah. is going to be so interesting because so many people when we chatted about this off air and we learned about what you're doing, it's, it's something that I've realized there's not that much knowledge of, or people there's a, there's a knowledge gap and you guys must be stoked about playing in this space and the success that you've had. And it's, it, how did you end up getting in, into this area in the first place? Um, <clears throat> you have to ask this one. Yeah, of course. Um, firstly, initially a bit of luck to be brutally honest. Um, you know, it was actually Trent's idea. Uh, Trent had kind of come to me, um, this is in COVID as well. So we're a COVID baby, um, you know, early in 2020, I believe. Uh, we started a business. It was like a while ago now. Um, and kind of trying to come to me, <clears throat> um, he was working in a laboratory um, here in Melbourne and trying to done a lot of grant writing, um, you know, more from like, you know, like plastic testings and so forth. Um, and kind of the business that he was working at, they acquired $50,000. And at that time, that just blew my mind. Um, and it still is a lot of money today, of course, but especially at that time, you know, the thought of being able to acquire $50,000 for a government grant, part of me, just didn't feel real. So um, we kind of looked into it, um, you know, found a, a mentor, you could say, in the space, um, and then essentially kind of, yeah, worked our way through, understood, you know, what the landscape looked at, Initially, we were looking at kind of um, R&D grants um, and found a mentor and kind of started working under the mentor for about, about a year and a half, two years to really understand what the legislation was, what the guidelines looked like. Um, you know, he was an ex-government grant official as well. 
Um, so, you know, very fortunate to be started to be mentored um, under him. But yeah, we got into it through, you know, Trent having an idea. Yeah, it was very, very interesting because early on as well, you know, it's was working alongside a guy called yeah, a mentor who was that ex-government official who's now part of the team that works with us too and helps us to process the grants. But it's an extremely complicated sort of landscape. There's, you know, hundreds of pages of legislation and we work across a number of different types of grant programs as well. And he had kind of helped us to get educated and then mm-hmm. learn, you know, what was required and what the requirements were. And then also help us to initially, you know, submit those claims too and kind of build up that initial client base and then give us that capability to then look at these other programs and continue to serve our clients, not just in one industry mm-hmm. vertical, like the research and development grant, but in multiple right. industry verticals as well. Um, and, you know, initially, I know for me personally, it was so tricky to put myself in front of those clients at the, at the start because working in a laboratory as a scientist, you know, I was kind of, you know, lab technician, uh, head, you know, kind of head down, just working away, working long hours, doing really monotonous type of work, but not really conversing or speaking to anyone. So having that shift of, of that being a scientist and then shifting into this, which, um, you know, Lockie helped me out substantially with as well, because he had a really big background in sort of business and sales and consulting, that sort of stuff was a massive, massive shift too. So, Yeah. How did you guys become friends? What What's the story there? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we were friends from kind of childhood as well, kind of the school sort of days and that sort of thing as well. But just by chance, we also lived 200 metres apart. And, um, you know, when we, when we did find that out, we started seeing each other more and more. But I think a big thing with our friendship too, and I mean, correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, but we're both extremely like-minded. We both have very solid interests and values and sort of that sort of stuff as well. And so, you know, we kind of connected on that basis socially, but then we were always exploring for other sort of opportunities together also. And I mean, you know, obviously starting Grant Help was um, together was such a massive step. And as we progress and as we move forward, you know, we've got, we've built up the team now at 16, you know, we're growing quite rapidly. We're looking to build more people up and it's amazing, you know, looking back and seeing what we've done over the past sort of, you know, three years. But it's, yeah, it's been a very, very interesting journey. And um, obviously, it was quite tricky at the start, sort of getting into it too. But I think a big thing is having very similar values. And I don't understand why there aren't more people that do have co-founders or do have two founders in businesses. Like, obviously, you guys are too, and testament to that as well. But I find it super, super rare. There's a lot of these solo founders battling away and that sort of stuff. But I think without our complementary sort of skill set, there's just no way that either of us could have, you know, single-handedly kind of taken this on mm-hmm. and really got there. And it's been huge to have each other to lean on through those hard moments, through the tough times, you know, through the long hours and that sort of stuff too. And that's been probably the best part of the journey is being able to share with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Who come up with the name Grant Help? Because <laughs> that just makes sense to me. You know, if I'm looking for some help, with grants, you know, <laughs> I just know that bang on, I can go there. That This is what they do. So who come up with the name? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, right, we went back and forth for ages. So like we wanted to kind of be able to like show value. So we, you know, started off with like Quicken grants, which is just like definitely not it. Um, but I mean, even even before that, we started off with these random, random names. Yeah, like capital-based names. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So if you understand, we're, we're, we're pretty young at this point in time when we started this business. So, you know, clearly we're, quite, we're putting our hat on of like, 
you know, wanting to run this big business that like, you know, showed, I think maybe, you know, my background was, you know, you know in business as well. So maybe those characteristics were coming through like, you know, Catanese and Shears Capital, which was just definitely not it. <clears throat> um, but and I think how we created the name is we really, like, you know, kind of like we looked at what we were seeking to do and, and the services that we were seeking to provide, right? And like, you know, we, we were playing with government grants and, and we were looking to help people. Um, and I know it doesn't kind of really make sense if grant help, but like, you know, you, you should help people with grants, but we felt like the name was really sticky. And, um, you know, after we kind of you know, shared it with our family and friends and, you know, like whoever else was in our inner circle, people loved the name and we just ran with it. And a big thing too is like simplicity is the ultimate sophistication, right? Like you shouldn't really have too complicated of a name because then, especially in the way that we were doing it initially, which was a lot of, you know, cold outreach and cold calls and that mm. sort of stuff too. You can't have people thinking, you know, who are these people? What do they do? What does, you know, trick and trickonomics, they could, you know, whatever it might be, some sort of name. Like a but to be fair, we didn't know that at that time. No. We only knew <clears throat> the power of our name, I think, as time went on. Yeah. Because like it is just so self-explanatory in what we do now. Well, let's get into the nitty gritty parts. Like for the people that you've helped over the last few years, who are the main types of people or the types of businesses that are eligible for grants and, and who should be, whose ears should be peaking up, right? Uh, what's it called? Peaking up? Pricking up, I Pricking think. up? Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, you know the saying, I'm trying my best. <laughs> Just answer that question. <laughs> well, we, well, I think the best way to, we've helped so many companies from, you know, all different industries, different grants um, attract different types of businesses. Um, you know, like essentially, I don't know, we've probably done over a thousand, you know, applications now um, for over maybe like 700 businesses. Um, so like, you know, there's a massive scope there, but there are clearly are ones that, you know, are more beneficial. But like the best way to answer this question is, you know, breaking down our services and our divisions. So, you know, essentially the first division um, is, a, is a program called the Export Market Development Grant. And that's a program that's looking to support you know, Australian product or businesses. So businesses that have a product that is made here or services, you know, that are actually created here, the intellectual properties here. And they're looking to essentially, you know, go internationally uh, and enter brand new markets. So, you know, that can be anyone to, you know, technology companies, you know, SaaS providers, um, that can be people that are making vitamins, that can be people that are selling candles. Um, it doesn't really matter as long as you are hitting those key points of, those products are actually created, manufactured in Australia or your services, you know, e.g. maybe like you guys who are, who are running a podcast and you're looking to do keynote speaking in China or Asia Pac or whatever it may be. As long as you guys are Australian, you know, you guys are, you know, essentially helping render that work, um, you know, for that export grant, you know, that's where the limitations lie. Um, in terms of the research and development grant, um, you know, that's more looking, you know, in at, which is our second division, pardon me. Um, that's more looking at helping business owners that are creating new innovative products, taking some technical risk, you know, generating new knowledge, don't know how to get, you know, to their end conclusion, if that be a product or a service, a piece of software. Typically, we find that 80% of our clients that sit in that government grant, uh, you know, technology providers, software providers, um, you know, that are building out tech. Um, and then essentially the last division, which we call the flavor of the month, uh, which is a really great division uh, where it's like what's on offer, who can we, what can, what can we communicate um, and educate our current client base or new prospective clients with, you know, that's limitless. Like last year we did 
um, anywhere between 40 to 50 million in wage subsidies for every type of business, you know, up to some of, you know, ASX, you know, top 200, all the way down to startups. Um, you know, that was an upskilling traineeship program. So that didn't really matter what business you were. Uh, two weeks ago, we did around 800K uh, for an energy efficiency grant. And so that was targeting any type of business that actually had a commercial property or was, you know, renting a commercial property to help with the efficiency of their energy. So, and then like just goes on and on. It can be, you know, New South Wales State, Vic State, <clears throat> Queensland State. Um, so, yeah, to kind of break that down, you just kind of be making a product in Australia, um, you know, essentially have, you know, primarily Australian inputs, if that be technical, um, you know, labour expertise, um, you know, having Australian people that are rendering work. Um, typically, that's where we can really help businesses. Where we are a little bit limited is when people are importing, you know, products from, you know, outside of the country um, and then essentially kind of on selling that. Well, can we scale back to what if someone's like super early stage? Um, maybe they're like thinking of a product. They're, they're Building a business around the grants. Yeah, you know, like they're starting from scratch. Can you go and, through what someone might do from, from that super early stage? Yeah, and I think one of the big things too um, is that there are different government grants to support businesses across every stage of the journey. Mm. So just to give you an example of like a life cycle of what the grants you know, kind of progression could look like for a business if you are, say, you know, a software startup and at the point of just the inception of the idea, so you just have an idea for something that you want to actually build and prototype, there are grants that are really, really early stage, like the MVP Ventures Program, which is based out of New South Wales that opened up this year. It's a running program each year for the next six years with a $10 million budget annually. And under that program, if you just have an idea and you're doing less than a million dollars in revenue and you do need to get to that point of actually prototyping that idea, you can then receive up to $200,000 in upfront funding, but you do need to match that with a co-contribution of $200,000 of your own funding as well. Now, that's actually a non-competitive program out of New South Wales that businesses can apply for. Um, so a first invest for us technically, if you do have an eligible sort of, um, you know, I guess, idea that you want to translate into that you know, software development or prototype in that example. But then moving along, you've then got the research and development grant that Lucky then mentioned, where you can get up to 43.5% back on your expenses that you spend to, um, you know, doing the development and prototyping the, you know, the staff or programs that are working on it. And then progressing further than that, you've got grants like the Accelerating Commercialization Grant. So this program enables up to a million dollars in funding, actually. Um, it is a competitive program, so you do need to have quite a propeller, you know, quite a really strong proposition in order to be eligible and get approved. But this is for accelerating or expanding into your domestic markets. And it's when you're at the point of first sales. So really to try and get you to, um, you know, get a really strong, strong sort of commercial um, hold on your domestic markets. And then once you do actually get to that point of exporting and expanding out to the rest of the globe, which is what I recommend a lot of, you know, clients or businesses do do, there's programs like that export market development mm -hmm. grant where you can receive 50% back on your international marketing expenses. So it's not so much a limitation on what program you can go for but when that program is best suited Correct. and i mean there's 1500 government grants and programs that open up across the year so it's about 30 that open close every single week it's a very very convoluted and complicated sort of landscape but having an understanding of which programs to go for and when to go for them is what we you know kind of assist with in those discovery sessions to kind of work out what they're doing map out what their past expenses are to see where you can get them reimbursements back 
but then also look into their future or projected expenses that they haven't incurred yet and look at ways that we can subsidize those future activities as well. So it's, it's we're both working currently and often we'll be juggling, you know, you know, two or three programs at the one time for any given client, just depending on what they're doing and how they're spending. That's what I was just going to ask you. How many grants can you have going at once? So say if you go through and you're like, hey, I can identify like seven grants here along the journey around like you're telling me the vision, you're telling me all this. Can you go through like two, three at a time, then move on to the next one and do two or three at a time? Or is it like one after as, the other? As long as you're not double dipping. So, you know, as long as you're not essentially getting an MVP grant to help essentially with your prototype and say, you know, for your software um, or your beta one, and then you're actually then claiming that on the R&D as well because then you'd be, you know, channeling or shifting money from one program to then fund another program. Having said that, you know, if you are continuously developing, let's say, your software here, year on year, you know, and, and, and being successful with the research and development grant, well, who, who, why, you, you, you can essentially then apply for the export market development grant as well because, you know, one is helping, you know, with the prototype, you know, leveraging and, and helping with the risk um, you know, in developing that Australian intellectual property, where the other one is actually helping you drum up business and promote it um, on the other lens. So, you know, as long as there's kind of not that double dipping um, and, you know, you're doing different programs that are essentially have got different, you know, outcomes for your business, it would be you know, promoting the sale, one doing prototyping, another one doing a partnership with the industry body, um, you know, or essentially building out a new product or process within your business, um, yeah, you can apply for you know, various grants, definitely. But I mean, I'll give you an example as well of just a particular client that um, you know that, I've, that we've worked with personally. So one of our clients, which is uh, you know an ag tech startup, actually in the um, you know the soil testing sort of space, mm-hmm. the soil organic carbon testing space, they started up about two years ago, and across the past sort of maybe twelve to eighteen months, we've helped them out with like a natural soil carbon innovation challenge grant, um, you know, energy efficiency grant, wage subsidy program, uh, research and development grant, and an export market development grant as well. And so, again, it's about not making sure that those expenses are uh, not crossing over between the two, and then you can run them all concurrently. Yeah. If you, if you are watching at home, you have any questions around grants, business grants, what they could be used for, I want to explain your scenario, drop them in the chat. We'll get to them as we go. A few scenarios would be good. Yeah, give us some scenarios. Yeah, what are you up chat? to? We want to know if, yeah. if it, this is for you. But got a question is like yeah. over the last few years, you mentioned like the thousand grants, seven hundred companies that you might have potentially worked with. What are some of your, both your personal learnings that's changed since you started up in COVID, and what can you see about the type of person that comes to you looking for help? Um, <clears throat> I think it's really clear how amazing the entrepreneurial spirit in Australia is, um, and how smart and switched on people are on, in, in all these different industries. I think kind of naturally what we saw at the start of our business was, you know, some more, um, you know, smaller grants, especially how we started in our business was through the New South Wales Export Assistance Grant. Um, you know, that was a program that was a really small, you know, 10K uh, grant, which were able to help, you know, you know, educate our clients and kind of built our business and like you kind of have more maybe you know export kind of promotional you know subsidy grants to help in the time of COVID but kind of as time has gone on you know there's you know, there's clear grants around you know environment uh, sustainability uh, the reduce um, the reduction of emissions um, you know you've got clearly your steady R&D grants etc but you know I would say like what we saw initially was it was quite limited what was on offer 
Um, and then essentially as time's kind of grown, I think it's where we've been able to like you know, widen our lens as well is, you know, there's lots of money in, in, in lots of different areas. If it's upskilling and education, if it's environmental, if it's, you know, creating intellectual property, if it's promotion of goods or services, um, I think, you know, we will continue to see that to help, you know, Australia's economy, um, you know, propel forward because essentially grants are competitive from nations. Like, you know, you've got the US that are providing grants, you've got China that's providing grants, you've got the UK that's providing grants, Canada, and these are all looking to kind of bring industry, foreign direct investment into the country or to kind of help promote and subsidise some of the costs of doing business so they can be more competitive on a global scale. So, you know, it would be really, it would be a shame to see Australia, you know, essentially kind of reduce grants or uh, not be as competitive in some of the grant programs because it really does help founders propel forward. And like kind of bringing it back to your question, what are we seeing? Well, it's really hard to answer that because it's been a change of government. Um, you know, clearly the last uh, administration was, you know, really pro kind of upskilling, education. Um, you know, there was a lot of kind of, um, you could say, kind of commercial and building grants as well. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what this administration brings. Um, and we're kind of in that crossroads at the moment. Um, but like those consistent, you know, EMDGs, R&Ds, um, and then essentially there's industry bodies as well that we will target. So if it be defence grants that we're seeing that are coming through, um, you know, if we're seeing, you know, medical grants as well for particular clients, but that's all kind of done at a lower, you know, industry um, kind of association standpoint. Mm. Um, and I mean, when a, one example, just to draw it back of one that we did do recently was for, because we do a combination of these different types of grants. There's the competitive grants, the entitlement grants, and I'll go into that probably in a second, but just an example of one, um, you know, that was a big sort of one that we did do, and this was in March of 2022, so last year we applied for it. It was called the National Soil Carbon Innovation Challenge, and under this particular program, it was a program that was aimed at reducing the cost of testing soil organic carbon content of soil for the purpose of verification of carbon credits to $3 per hectare. And I mean, before going into that, the real reason why all of these government grants exist is because the government has these key objectives or these key goals they want to achieve for that particular one. It's reducing um, carbon emissions by 43% by 2030 and then becoming carbon neutral by 2050. And the way that they do that is through these initiatives that they then promote. But we had this company uh, called Carbon Credits Australia, who we applied for uh, back then for that program. And what they had was just an idea for essentially a panorama, which was attached to a spectrometer, which would go into the soil to do soil organic carbon testing for the purpose of verification for carbon credits, which would help to do on-site testing to reduce the cost associated with it, because often you've got to send it off to a lab. And eventually, you know, once people do these rewilding projects and that sort of stuff too, um, start to, you know, provide a solution to test the soil when you are sequestering carbon from the atmosphere. Now, when we put that through in March 2022, we didn't have too long to prepare it. It was only probably, say, a week or two, uh, but it was a massive application. So there was feasibility studies, there was project plans, there was a lot of documentation we had to get together, and they were quite a new sort of company too. But in November of 2022, so last year, that did get approved, and they got approved for $2.4 million. And that then enables them to translate what was just an idea into that working prototype, run the trials, and then do the commercial manufacturing to then enable 
um, you know, them to create that sort of product to sell both domestically and internationally and kind of service these markets as well. Now, that program was extremely competitive. It was one of those competitive grants where you're competing against other applicants to receive the funding. But I think, you know, we're looking into those ones a little bit more, which are kind of complementary to the standard sort of ones that we do have. But obviously with lead times over. That's complementary to the client base. Complementary to the client base that we have too as well. Yeah. Fuck you're a fucking scientist, bro. If someone come to me like that, I'm going, oh yeah, tell me again. (laughs) But I like that. Questions come through from uh, Andrew on the. Fitzy Manu, baby. What's the risk before considering uh, a grant? Um, well, the risk is, is like, you know, needing to understand, you know, the guidelines and if you are actually uh, aligned with what the government grant is seeking to, you know, to achieve, um, you know, these things are quite extensive and quite long. Um, and essentially we have a lot of clients that don't even want to, you know, actually start the process because they've already had a really bad experience. Um, you know, they've spent days and days or weeks in writing a government grant or a tender thinking that they're going to get it. Um, and then they've just been given a hard no. So the risk is, you know, understanding the applicability to your business and how it aligns with the objectives. You know, secondly, you know, you know, are you actually going to be using the funds correctly uh, to, you know, achieve your end outcome or project? Um, and then essentially, you know, sometimes the risk is, you know, the time invested, but that's kind of where our service comes in and you know, clearly not to, to plug us, but like what we do is we want to do all the heavy lifting for business. So, you know, through having a quick eligibility call and understanding your business, right? And of course, we're a subject matter expert in the grant. We can quickly tell you if this is going to work or not. So I think the big risk is, yeah, understanding the relevance of your business uh, and the guidelines and what the end outcome is. And then essentially, you know, what kind of time do you have to invest in writing it yourself or do you outsource that? Um, to have a favorable result. And I guess kind of truth, like another thing to add to that as well is that you've got those two different streams of programs. So you've got these entitlement-based programs, which hence the name, if you're eligible, you're entitled to receiving the funding. Now, there's no real risk associated with those ones per se, because if you have spent on X, Y, Z expenses in the past, so if you spent on R&D expenses, like a software developer, or if you spent on international marketing through like diversified sales channels, like SEOs, Google AdWords, social media spend, and you can show it to the international market. You know, we can say with 100% certainty, essentially, that you will be eligible for the program if you have those eligible products. So these entitlement-based programs only make up about 1% to 2% of the entire government grants landscape. Mm. And these are the ones that, you know, businesses often miss, and then they instead go for these competitive-based programs. Now, hence the name, um, you know, by competitive, it means you've got to compete against other applicants in order to receive the funding. And they are very, very competitive. I mean, success rates are anywhere from, you know, 0.5% to 10%. And so a lot of businesses will apply for grant after grant and they'll invest sometimes, you know, up to 90 hours of time per application and they'll get rejected time and time again and they'll lose faith in the entire system. So I think understanding first off straight away, is it an entitlement program like the Export Market Development Grant or the Research and Development Grant, or is it a competitive program? Um, and then know the success rates associated with that. That's the big thing too. Because, and, your alignment. and your alignment as well. Because like, you know, all, all it is is just time. Um, business owners right now are so scarce for time and everyone is just so busy. Everyone's getting pulled in so many different directions that you know, that's that's a big thing too. Trevor, when we caught up, we were talking through some of the changes that have happened. And one of the ones that actually blew my mind was 
Uh, I think it could be the export grant, but it's like the money back on marketing spend. Can you go, can you actually just like talk through what that means and what what you could do versus what happens now? Because that for me was like, I could not believe Let's that you get half price, half price marketing. You know what I mean? Like that was nuts. For sure. And I mean, that program is one of our flagship programs too. So we help out about 400 businesses annually access the Export Market Development Grant. And under that program, it's enabling you to receive a 50% reimbursement back if you are marketing internationally and promoting your products, services, or softwares internationally as well. So that makes up, you know, a big sort of proportion of the grants uh, that open up. And one of the key expenses that we see often are things like diversified sales channels. So your SEOs, social media, um, spend, Google AdWords, and that sort of stuff internationally. Uh, but there's other sort of expenses too. Like if you're going on a marketing trip overseas to go meet with a potential distributor or to go open up that market. I know when we were speaking to you guys, um, you know, early on, we were speaking about the potential of you guys launching to the US, which is massive. And that means that if you were to access this program and you were to get flights over there to open up that market, um, you know, that would be eligible for a 50% reimbursement and you could get $350 per day. Or if hypothetically we had to break up the pair of you and one of you had to go open up the US and, um, you know, one of you stays here in Australia, I'm sure you'd both be, you know, fighting for the, for the US slot there. But if that was the case and you were living over there on a long-term basis, you could then get 50% back on your wage and salary as well through this program too. So when you think about the Export Market Development Grant, you think about any expense that's even remotely related to international marketing and promotion where you are promoting your business um, and or we service. Can, or service. And we can really you know, find ways because we've got thousands of case studies um, from every single industry vertical you could possibly imagine of different obscure types of marketing activities to um, you know, find ways to kind of support that with precedent and you know, and there's there'd be some recent changes with this program because typically it used to be a retrospective model, meaning that you know you guys had to go spend your money in the previous financial year. Um, you know, you would then you know, essentially appoint someone like Grant Help uh, to go through your expenses and then find all of the eligible expenditure. Essentially, they've flipped the coin um, and now they're kind of putting it as like an upfront certainty model. Whereas you can now, you know, put a plan to market together uh, with a consultancy like us. And then essentially we lodge that plan of market on where you're looking to go, you know, your, where you're looking to take your product or service internationally. And it's kind of built on this pre-approval system. So before you go and spend all this money, right, you can essentially have a grant agreement that kind of outlines or stipulates how much grant monies that you're actually um, you know, being allocated. So with that financial year or to the FY24 that we're doing at the moment, you can go spend with confidence that, hey, we are going to have 56K worth of value and we can get 28 of it back and this is where we're looking to spend it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of really does for more, I would say, that earlier um, kind of startup business or those businesses that are kind of more on smaller end um, because like if they're looking to take that risk, and enter those markets because they can actually have that confidence. Whereas the old model was like, go spend willy-nilly. Having said that, you might not get any of that back because you've essentially, you know, expensed it incorrectly and you haven't done it in line with the guidelines. Whereas like, yeah, now you can get that pre-approval, which gives, I think, you know, smaller businesses or any business, I should say, that confidence to go and spend and you know what you're up for as well. Well, another question's coming in from Andrew is, what about not-for-profits and charity grants? 
So it's a, it's a little bit tricky with that particular one. In terms of government grants, government grants mainly actually support, um, you know, private enterprise or private businesses because you've got to kind of break it down and see why the government's looking to um, invest in these grants and programs. And I mean, ideally, it's to, you know, push certain initiatives, like for us to be at the forefront of innovation and development or for us to export internationally because obviously when we export, we're taking money from overseas and bringing it back into Australia, which appreciates the overall value of our dollar. And so, or it could be, you know, employment and, and yeah, hiring absolutely. somebody. And so the whole thing is, is that the government puts money into initiatives that are mainly private enterprise because they want to push their initiatives through private businesses, but ideally, you know, get their money back because the government is paying for all these government grants through taxes and taxes are obviously only from the well, majority from, you know, the profit that these businesses are bringing in as well. So they look to invest in businesses that have, um, you know, really good profitability and profitability in the future moving forward. So what I would recommend for, you know, the sort of not-for-profit businesses is actually looking towards the private sector because there's a lot of different um, grants, well, not grants, but private um, funds that are released from businesses to help support these charities by providing payments of, you know, five or $10,000 here and there in the form of sponsorships more so than really looking at the government grants. Having said that, though, there are non-for-profit grants. Typically, you know, our business doesn't operate um, because there's, they're quite niche and they're far and few between. So there would be, depending on, it's really hard to, to say for what non-for-profit, um, you know, these uh, individuals like operating and, and what they're seeking to kind of help and improve. But there is non-for-profit grants, but typically, you know, how our business operates, you know, as Trent just mentioned, the market share is primarily in, you know, businesses, uh, you know, PTY Limited, then non-for-profit because non-for-profits can't actually apply to the programs that we typically look after. Mm -hmm. But there is grants there because a lot of non-for-profits are actually propped up through government funding. And I understand how competitive that can be, especially in that space. Um, but like, yeah, in terms of us and where our skill sets lie and, and us being subject matter experts, we're more on looking at commercial businesses there. I feel like when people think grants, they think like, oh my God, I've got to do some massive documentation. There's going to be a process. Like I'm, I'm already like stressed thinking about what I might have to do, but and, and it doesn't seem like the sexiest place, but you guys are making it sexy. I feel like it must be pretty rewarding when you have well, that's the thing outcome. You know what I mean? Like, well, you, after we met, we were like, you guys have got a banging business because for us personally, like doing all this sort of stuff and not understanding all that shit, like that was a pain point, you know? So I think what the problem you guys are solving is sick because it is so dense, you know what I mean? Like you're going through all the info is. and distilling it into something that makes sense. And like the, that is the, hard. And the reward is, I'm sure it's is happy customers. Because well, you're, you're technically, they've either spent money, you're helping them get money back, or it's like there's an outcome where it's like, without you, I wouldn't have had this. Yeah, well, the, I think the main reward that I think Trent and I um, are really lucky to experience all the time is, you know, we are putting money in the back, um, putting money back in the pocket to, you know, small to medium enterprises and Australian business owners. Um, you know, typically... We all know what it's like to run a business. Um, you know, I can barely sometimes get my documentation back, you know, to my to my accountant or whoever. Um, and we all understand how like time poor we are. And um, you know, I think there's no better feeling when we've been able to help, you know, customers, if not save their business through the injection of a government grant, um, or just actually give them a bit more of a lifeline, more runway to do what they're doing. Because typically if we're helping these people, you know, they've spent the money. They're looking to improve their product or service or to, you know, get into export markets or if it's a competitive landscape space like 
you know, we've done stuff with electric vehicle manufacturing, we've done stuff with oh, the soil carbonation or the National Soil Carbonation Challenge. We've helped female founders, you know, essentially break into hospitals with their technology. Um, you know, it really is kind of um, help, really does support these businesses, you know, grow their wealth um, and continue to do what they're doing. So I think fundamentally, like, like when we will kind of bring it back down is, yeah, we're helping them with the paperwork and we're making it more efficient, but really we're kind of actually helping propel the growth of these small to medium enterprises. And, you know, we understand that, you know, not every business is, you know, always doing amazing. Um, and we have really been able to kind of, yeah, inject cash at crucial times, which has then allowed, you know, businesses to get to the next stage and be and, right. And I mean, something else that we've done too or something else that we do do is um, really looking in deeper to see how we can add value, um, even externally of the grant process as well. So just looking at the export market development grant, for instance, if people are, when they're looking at how they're going to spend their money internationally, you know, we'll make recommendations based on what we see to be really successful in their industry verticals, because a lot of businesses are doing it for the first time. Mm. So if they're looking to spend on a sector that we've seen hasn't been very good for that particular industry, well, then we'll, we'll tell them why we don't think it would be a good option for them. And then we'll find different solutions for them as well, based on what their competitors are doing to give them the best chance of success. But I mean, even further from that, another thing that we do is um, identifying opportunities between different businesses when they pop up. Like I had a client who was um, exporting uh, education internationally, and they spent a bunch of money on social media advertising into the Philippines and then had 600 clients or 600 potential students that wanted to then come to Australia and study with her at her um, registered training organization. But the big issue when she came to me was she's like, look, I've got these 600 students, but 550 of them don't have a visa and they don't know how to get one. So, and then the other 50 we're working through and they're really good leads. And then so from that pain point and from her mentioning that, I then looped her in with one of these massive education, sorry, migration partners that we connected with. And then it made that connection and made that referral. And then they built up a really good relationship where she would do the marketing. Then all the students who weren't able to get those migration pathways, she'd pass on to them. And then they would convert it for us. So then the students could come across through the migration company and then get established here on a, on a student visa and that sort of stuff. And then they could go and study with her too. And so I think identifying those inter you know, company pathways to add as much value as possible is something that we do a lot of too, because we just, there's such a wide scope. And I think, I think it's very, very relevant to you guys as well. You know, you guys are dealing with a variety of you know, different business owners every day, like you know, chatting to us one day, you know, you've got all these other, you know, incredible business owners that are coming on. And I think like we can probably share um, a, a, a lot of similarities and um, are grateful for the scope and variety of people that we get to speak with every day. And I think that's what Trent's trying to say is that not only can we help you with a government grant, but we can connect you with, you know, RTOs, migration agents, you know, tech companies with developers, you know, podcast guys with, you know, social media, um, you know, partners of ours. And that's where I think we're really kind of grateful for, you know, the exposure that we get because we get to kind of understand a variety of different businesses and then, you know, through the community that we've created, you know, with over 700 clients so we're you know looking at, at dealing with every every year you know there's there is a really great community where everyone is starting to really help each other out and that's kind of the next stage of our business is how can we connect all of the amazing people that we deal with so we can help each other um, in a community driven uh, lens there. Well, lads, thank you so much for jumping on and waking up today on the Funny Business Podcast. Uh, if people want to find out where your stuff is, how do they get in touch and where can they find more info about what you do? 
Um, go to www.granthelp.com.au. Um, you know, you can hit us up on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, like that's probably the best way to find us or, you know, drop us a note, whatever. Um, yeah, a lot of programs are, a lot of programs are closing at the end of April or actually mid-April to end of April. And then there's a bit of a gap through May and June where there aren't any programs. So, um, yeah, the research and development grant closes at the end of April. Uh, that's obviously one of the massive programs. And then the export market development grant closes mid-April as well. So there's a lot of information on our website. You know, we can shoot through some collateral um, via and all that sort of stuff too if you're looking at applying yourself. And, yeah, always happy for a chat for sure. I've loved it. And it's Lachlan Catanese, not Cantonese, because I stuffed <laughs> up on the event and I was like, I, right. I just realised in my head, I was like, there's an end there. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm an idiot. You know, that's all the time. Um, boys, thanks so much for having us on today. We really appreciate it. We love what you're doing as well. Yeah, it's stress. Well, special thanks to MYOB again, who are supporters of the stream, business management platform. If you haven't checked out what they're doing, go and suss it out now because unleash your potential. This- unleash your potential.